Anyway, tonight I'm going to go into uh, God's message. So this month we've been talking about friendship, and there's been a lot of teachings about friendship, about the importance of friendship, um, how to maintain friendship, how to keep um, a relationship, a friendship relationship, and also how to get rid of toxic friendship. I think that was one of my favorite uh, topics this month. Um, I've deleted so many numbers from my phone, and um, I've stopped talking to so many people uh, because we're not going in the same direction. I was saying jokingly, when P sent a flyer on the uh, workers' WhatsApp group, and he said, forward this to your friends. And I said, well, I don't have many left, but the very few I have left, I'll send to them. And of course, I sent to Minister Yotu. <laughs> but as good as friendship is, um, it's very important that we clearly define friendship. Otherwise, you can lose your identity in the process of trying to keep friends or maintain friendship. Um, how friendly you are is not a function of or how many people you've got in your contact book, or how many people you have on, on Facebook, that doesn't make you friendly. Um, your friendliness is a function of how, of, of quality, of the quality and the quantity of effort you put into that friendship relationship. And if, if you have one friend, just one friend, if you stay committed uh, to that friendship, then that is quality, that is good enough. Uh, the book of Proverbs 18.24 says, and this is the, um, I think this is the NLT version. It says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So don't be one of those people who go around just because they say it's friendship month. You want to go around, you want everyone to be your friend. Um, many, many years ago, I used to, when I meet someone for the first time, uh, we talk and the next default thing is, oh, let's swap numbers. We swap numbers. So one day I was going through my phone and I found so many names and numbers. I couldn't even remember who they were. And I was thinking, what exactly is, what's my, what's my aim? What's my motive here? Why, do I, why must I see someone and the, the next thing is the closing uh, conversation is, oh, let's swap numbers. When I wouldn't even call this person. And I'm sure there are many of us that can reckon with that here. You don't have to. You don't have to. What makes, what defines friendship is effort. How much effort are you going to put into that relationship? But in the process, we need to be careful that we do not lose our identity. So the title of this message tonight is Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis. And I want us to open to Ephesians 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Identity crisis. Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand 
that we should walk in them. And if we also open to Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. Now, you see, some people are so impressionable. They meet anyone and they get easily swayed or influenced by that person. It's okay if if you're in a relationship that's defined such that, okay, I've seen this person I like the way this person is in this area, and I want to be like that person, or I want, that per- I want to work with that person to be better in, the, in an area. It's okay. But if you fall into the trap of constantly trying to be like different people, being all things to all men, then that is a trap. That means you have lost your identity as a person. Everyone that God created, God gave an identity. And that's what we just read in Jeremiah. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. So we need to be be careful, very careful, in the bid to keep friends, not to lose the identity that God has given to us. And we're going to look at uh, Jeremiah as a person tonight and how he was able to uh, preserve his identity You see, any friendship that does not have boundaries would pull you down. And what really saddens me, what makes me really sad is um, especially when you you see someone come to church and they're so fervent, uh, they want to have an encounter with God, they want to grow spiritually, and they start off well. Give them a couple of months their fervency starts to decline because they've started to hang around um, people that are not going in the same direction as they are, people that are not as fervent as they are. And it's very easy for us to fall into that trap in the church because we come with, you know, we let our guards down when we come to church. We come with an open mind. We think, oh, everybody here is a saint. They must all be going in the same direction as myself. So I will just let my guards down. I would open up to them. But a lot of people fall into that trap. And I've seen it happen time and time again. And the reason is because they have not defined that relationship. They have not defined that friendship. So what happened with Jeremiah? Jeremiah was someone that remained true to his identity. He remained true to his identity, even though he almost missed it at the beginning. He almost missed it at the beginning. If we read on verse uh, 6, it says, Then said I, that is Jeremiah, Ah, Lord God. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Now, who told him he couldn't speak? God told him that, look, before you were formed, I ordained you to be a prophet. So you can see how straight away Jeremiah um, saw this inadequacy in himself that was a direct opposite of what God had called him to do. Why? Because The tool of a prophet is his mouth. If you're called a prophet and you cannot speak, 
you cannot function in that office. So Jeremiah was someone that almost missed it at the beginning. God is saying to him, I have called you to be a prophet to the nations. And then from nowhere, he's saying, replying to God saying, I cannot speak. I am a youth. I'm too young. Who told him he was too young? Who told him he was too young? Where did he get that from? That was an attack from the enemy. That was the devil trying to steal his identity so that he will not fulfill the calling and purpose of God upon his life. Now, your intelligence and your skills, they have nothing to do with your age. Have nothing to do with your, with your age. You, you, we've, we've come across some kids and they just come up with some talents and they display some skills and you're wondering, where did this child learn this from? Just tonight, funny enough, I was just looking at um, Dimeji at the Emmy, and he was holding his drumsticks. He was staring at Asha, and he was drumming. And he was drumming, and I was watching him. I was watching his every move. And I was thinking at some point, actually, this boy's drumsticks are actually bigger than Asha's <laughs> drumsticks right now. Maybe they should swap places. <laughs> but that guy is just, that kid is just about two going on three. He hasn't had any drum lessons. But we all know where he's going to end up. Those are the sort of people we call whiz kids. Okay, don't, don't get excited there. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about whiz kid that has, been, that has got the whole world crazy right now. That's, I can see some people getting excited. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I don't know where that guy dropped from. I don't know where he's going. My, my teenage nephew... Nowadays, he wants to dress like Whiskey. This guy was born here. He wants to dress like Whiskey. He wants to look like Whiskey. He wants to sing Whiskey songs. And I'm looking at this guy like, you've never been to Ojoelegba. What are you talking about? What is this boy talking about? If I take you to Ojoelegba, you stop singing that song. <laughs> if, if I go and show you what that place looks like, you will keep quiet. So I'm not talking about... Um, that's not the whiskey that I'm talking about. Everyone has a degree of self-limiting belief in them. And that's what we saw Jeremiah display. He had that self-limiting belief in himself that I cannot speak and I'm too young for this assignment. But the difference between those who pull through and those who do not make it is identity. If you have, it's okay for you to have that self-limiting belief in you. But as long as you are conscious and remain conscious of your identity, you will pull through. Everyone has their own personal, personal issues. They have their limitations they're dealing with. But as long as you never forget what God has placed inside you, you will be fine. And that's what happened with Jeremiah. He knew, okay, yes, this thing is bugging me. This thing is bothering me. But God has said, I am a prophet. So I am a prophet. There's so many people that God has called into different offices, the pastors, the, the many of us here sitting down were evangelists, were pastors, but somewhere deep within us, we have that self-limiting belief that we have allowed to steal our identity. There's so many people sitting here tonight, they have businesses in them, they have corporations in them, they have organizations in them. God has placed something in them such that they can hire other people but they're sitting here tonight and they've allowed this self-limiting belief to steal that identity from them. What has God spoken to you? 
What has God told you? What, in, what instruction has he given you? Has he spoken to you like Jeremiah saying, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I called you to this office. Before you were formed, this is why I created you. If we move on to verse 7, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Jeremiah, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. He says, you shall go. <laughs> that sounds like, like a mom speaking to a, a son that is saying, no, 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 mommy, I don't want to do this. I don't. He said, no, you will go. You shall go. So it's God speaking to you tonight, saying to you, you will do this thing. You will start that business. Is God speaking to you tonight? It's time for you to let your identity sit on top of all those self-limiting beliefs. It's time for you to come out of your shell and be yourself. There is no need to try and be like the other person. There is no need to try and be like the person sitting next to you. God has placed something unique in you, inside of you. There's some things that I'm wired to do, you're not wired to do. There's some things that you're wired to do, I'm not wired to do. It's just the way God has created you and the way God has created me. There's some people, they can, they just love it if they have kids around them. If you put them in a room with 100 kids, they're happy, they're excited. They, they want to teach the kids, they want to impact those kids, they want to you know, they want to love them, they want to care for them. But as for me, <laughs> if you put me in a room with four toddlers, <laughs> give me 30 minutes, <laughs> just 30 minutes, I myself will become a toddler. I will, I will probably pee on myself or something out of frustration. I'm not wired that way. So be yourself. Stop trying to be like your friend. Stop trying to be like the other person. They say everyone else is taken. Do you. Be yourself. So you can imagine if people like, um, you can imagine if Jeremiah, after God said to him, you will go, he still did not go. He would have died like any other person. He would have been a prophet because God had already called him. He would have died a prophet, but would never have heard anything about him. He would not have prophesied Jack. He would not have said anything so imagine if people like uh, Billy Graham, Wigglesworth, they, they all allow their self-limiting belief or friendship to overpower what God had placed in them, the identity God had given them. We would know nothing about them today. They would not be mentioned as part of the God's generals today. When Billy Graham died, his funeral was, was like, like none other. We had dignitaries, we had presidents from all over the world at his funeral. But if he shied away from his identity, he would not have had a funeral like that. If we move on to verse 8, Jeremiah chapter 1. So God said to him, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. 
Jeremiah had a very difficult assignment as a prophet. We could, he's someone we could have easily called the prophet of doom. Because if you read Jeremiah, everything Jeremiah prophesied was doom. God is going to kill you. You've been disobedient. He's going to destroy you. Read all, all the way in, through Jeremiah. You know, it, it was a time that the people of Judah and Jerusalem had, God had had enough. And he was going to send someone to go and tell them how heavily he was going to come down upon them. And unfortunately, Jeremiah was the one that was chosen. His job was not easy. He was unpopular. No one liked him. If you read through Jeremiah, probably maybe three people were mentioned as friends of Jeremiah. Nobody was his friend. I wouldn't want to be a friend of someone that was constantly coming and prophesying doom and gloom. And I wouldn't want to be a friend of that person. In fact, you would not even want to sit in a church where the pastor is always preaching, there's going to be recession next month, pray, 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 there's going to be recession next month, pray, 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 it's going to be a no-deal Brexit, we're going to be, we're doomed, we're finished, your jobs are gone, you're... you don't want to sit there. But Jeremiah dared to be unpopular. He said, God has called me to be a prophet. Whatever he sends me to say, I would say and deliver. He stayed true to who he was. Are you going to stay true to who you are? Are you going to sit comfortably in your identity? Are you going to stay true to your calling? Now tonight, let's look at the things that can make us lose our identity. What are the things that can make you lose your identity? The first is lack of confidence. Lack of confidence. Hebrews 10.35 Hebrews 10.35. Yeah, it says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Confidence is very important. It's very key in maintaining your identity as a person. You have to be confident in yourself and your ability. Even if the situation around looks like, mm, I'm not really the best person for this, but you know within yourself that this is me. This is, this is what gets me excited. Go for it. Go for it. You don't have to look like you're the best. The um, last GD, uh, GWC Olympics, <laughs> I made so much noise. My captain had so much belief in me. He was constantly chasing me to come and do the 100 meter, to come and do the 200, come and do the long jump. The <laughs> but as God will have it, we had booked a family holiday. So I had a very good excuse. You know, there's some people like that. They, they just come across like, yes, I've got this. I can do this. But inside them, they know. <laughs> In fact, the, the um, Olympics two years ago, or four years ago, I can't remember which one, I came all dressed and ready, my trainers, everything. I came with my um, protein shake. I came with my fruits, my bananas, everything. I came with my rucksack. I came, I sat there. 
And everybody was looking like, man, this guy, oh my goodness, this guy is going to take us out. Man, Blue House, they've got it. Oh. <laughs> so, I, of course, I didn't show that. Yeah, I was looking. The only person that was a threat to me that day was uh, Daniel Fabi. And I was looking at him. And again, as God will have it, he got disqualified from the, from the qualifying race. And I was like, yes, at least I can get bronze. Yeah, that one, maybe you confess. Yeah, this one, yeah, yeah, there are just three of us left. I've got bronze. That's nice. <laughs> and of course, I got the bronze medal for the race. But if that guy was not disqualified, I know that. All that milkshake, all that uh, banana, and uh, just a waste of time. <laughs> so the situation around you can look dicey. It can look iffy or dodgy. But remain confident. Stay confident. At least try. They say, fail forward. Don't fail backwards. Even if you don't make it, you tried. But you know within yourself that this is what I'm called to do. I'm not called to run. I was just demonstrating. But if you know that this is what I'm called to do, this is me, go for it. Go for it. The moment you stop feeling like the same person that you once were, then you need to look deep. You might have lost something. You might have lost your identity. If you no longer feel the same potential you once had as a person, then look within. You might have lost your identity. The second reason is social influence. Social influence. Do not be easily swayed by what you see around you. Don't be easily swayed. And nowadays, it doesn't help. Instagram doesn't help. You log on to Instagram, and you find yourself you know, wowing about what someone else looks like. Oh my goodness, wow. Mm. Mm. And then unconsciously, you start trying to be like that person. Be comfortable in your skin. Be comfortable the way God has, ma God has made you. Be comfortable. One day I logged onto Instagram. I was doing the, you know, the usual. And then I saw a video. That video almost destroyed me. I'll tell you why. I saw a video of one of my besties. And he was showing six pack. <laughs> My bestie, the ultimate minister, <laughs> he was showing his six-pack. How many of you remember that video? I think he flashed it once. And that thing almost led to my downfall. <laughs> I looked at the video, went to the mirror, put up my own shirt too, put it next, next to me. And I was saying, oh my goodness, what is this? This guy is old enough to be my dad. What is this? What is this? Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe it. The packs were all dotted in and nicely layered. And I had one. <laughs> so the next time I got to church, I came to him. He said, what, what gym do you go to? What gym do you even go to? He told me, oh, this gym, uh, uh, not far from you too. Hmm. I said, so how do you work out? What, what's the routine? What are the steps? And... Um, can you teach someone how to, you know, what to do? He said, yeah, 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 I can, yeah, why not? I said, send, send it to me. So he sent me this long list of, I didn't, even want, I didn't understand what it was. I don't know if he remembers. He sent it to me. I didn't understand it. So the next time I said, okay, you know what? Can I come with, uh, join your gym? I didn't say, can I come with you? I said, can I, I want to join your gym. He said, yeah, yeah, why not? 
come, let's meet up. I'll take you there. We'll sign up. So he took me there. And then he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we can walk out together. We started. We walked out. We did everything. I went back home. The following week, I went by myself. The third week, we went, I met up with him again. We did some workout. And after about four weeks, I started thinking, man, this is long. <laughs> Come back from home, change, run to the gym. I'm not wired that way. This is long. But to save face, I kept on going. And it didn't help that I started bumping into some other church members there. Bethel, Whitney, bumping into them. I didn't want to sit there. Oh, I dropped out. So I started forcing myself. Forcing myself. After a while, he asked me, ah, where have you been? I've not been bumping into you in the gym. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. I've I'm just taking care of some, some things. You know, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. After three weeks, he said to me, come you're just paying for this thing. Go and cancel it, my friend. It's like, yeah, I'm going to cancel it. <laughs> I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to be myself. I'm be comfortable the way God has made me. <laughs> that was the end of the gym. I lasted about five weeks last year, October, and that was it. So stay true to my identity. This is me. And to shock you, I saw an app on Instagram once that freaked me out. This woman, probably a, size, a dress size 16 or 18 or whatever, took a photo of herself and put in this app and then cropped it. And all of a sudden, she's like a size 10 or something. I'm like, whoa, scam. <laughs> Someone is going to be looking at this now and she's going to be killing herself. Thinking, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. It's just an app. It's just an app. Social influence can destroy your identity. Stay the way God has made you. Stay true to what God has called you to. <laughs> don't, don't go into depression because of what someone else is doing or how someone else looks. Is that what God has called you to be? <laughs> it is well. <laughs> I'm not saying don't stay fit. <laughs> yeah, please stay fit. But don't go and kill yourself. I almost did. The third thing that can make you lose your identity, the busyness of life. Busyness of life. Philippians Chapter 3, Philippians 3 from verse 13. Philippians 3, 13. Say up? Okay. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Next. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Life gets busy, that's the truth. Life is constantly consuming our attention and our time and our energy. You go from um, worrying about education to worrying about getting a job to worrying about finances 
to worrying about having children, raising a family, having a good home, having a good... It doesn't end. It doesn't end. And when you think you're done, it comes to worrying about your own children, and then the grandchildren, and then the great-grandchildren. It just doesn't end. But one thing you need to do is to keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize, as we've been told in Philippians 3.14. Keep your eyes on the prize. There is always something to worry and think about. However, don't forget that life is just in phases, and every phase will pass. But the gift that God has placed in you is eternal. Life will pass away, but that gift would always remain in you. So do not let life suffocate it. Don't let, don't let life steal that gift or that identity that God has placed in you. Number four is pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure is one of those things that can steal your identity. First Timothy 5, 6. First Timothy 5, 6. First Timothy 5, 6. Okay. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. She, but she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. There's nothing wrong with having fun, but make sure you set limits and boundaries. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with everyone and wanting to be where everyone is at every given time, but set boundaries. Make sure it's within limit. Don't forget who you are in the process of having fun. Don't forget who you are just because of pleasure. There's one lesson I learned when I was a, a teenager. I will never, never, never forget it. So we had this neighbor, uh, we were age mates, and we used to, we were going to the same school. So we used to go to school together, do everything together, and um, play together. But they were Muslims. So um, it was time for their celebration, their religious celebration, um, Salah celebration. So he said to me, oh, come to our house and uh, come and eat. There's going to be meat, there's going to be food and everything. And once you mention meat, ah, I'm there. Oh, I can eat a whole goat by myself without sharing. So I went up to my dad's room. I said, oh, daddy, oh, neighbors have invited me over to come and eat. Um, I want to go there tomorrow. My dad looked at me. Now, my dad was a deacon. His dad was a reverend. His dad's dad was a reverend. And here I am saying, I want to go next door and go and felicitate with <laughs> our neighbors in the name of eating meat, doing what I don't believe in. So he looked at me, he kept quiet. He called me after a few minutes, he called me to the room. He now started um, reading scriptures to me. Uh, how you shouldn't eat meat offered to uh, a sacrifice and how you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. As he was talking, he was going through one here, he was coming. Uh, they, they had already started frying the meat next door. This thing was smelling. And this man is preaching to me. <laughs> I was looking at him. I was looking at him. He finished. But I think he wanted me to learn a lesson or something. I don't know. So he didn't tell me not to go. So I went. Went there. Turned up. It's Eating meat, rice, everything, more meat, more meat, 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 <laughs> finished, went home, felt happy with myself. So there's this program they run in a Baptist church called Vacation Bible School every month. So it was coming up. So I thought, oh, I'll invite my neighbor as well 
uh, to come with me. It's fun. It'll be good to have him around. It's for a week. I'll go invite him. Went to his house, told him. He said, oh, okay, nice. He'll speak to his dad and let me know. The program was going to start the following day. The following day came, went to his house, ready to pick him up. And he goes, oh, my dad says I cannot come with you to church. Ah! Straight away, I thought, whoa, okay. So I came to your house to eat your salad meat, and you're not going to come with me to church to have fun and have a good time. And straight away, I just started hearing my dad's voice in my head. I was like, okay. Now I feel cheated. <laughs> One zero. <laughs> One zero indeed. And he has remained one zero because I've not seen that guy since then. <laughs> Never compromise who you are for anybody. Do not try and please a friend and compromise on your identity. Stand for what you believe in. That person you're trying to please, they're not going to please you. You're the one that thinks you're friends. They probably don't think you're friends. Mm. Never ever compromise your identity for anything. Not for pleasure. Never. So how do you protect your identity? It's very simple. Stay true to who you are and what you believe in. Stay true to who you are and what you believe in. When it comes to identity, it doesn't matter so much what you think about yourself or what other people think about you. It is what God thinks about you that matters. Don't pay attention to what others think about you. Don't even entertain those thoughts within you. Stay focused on what God thinks about you and what God has said about you. A couple of months ago, I was with some guys and um, uh, some brothers and we were talking and they were asking me some questions and they said, oh, how have you um, been able to stay focused and stay on track and stay committed? I said, well, actually, come to think about it, I've never really, you know, audited my life and asked myself that question. I said to them, mm, I think I just remembered, always remembered who I was and what I believed in. When I was in uni, there were three of us. We're so, <laughs> we're so closely knit together. Like, if you see one person coming, actually, if one person is coming, guaranteed, the other two are behind. They're going to walk through the door. That's how close we were. But I never allowed them steal my identity or my belief. Whenever they went off to do some things that I thought, no, I ain't doing that. I don't believe in that. I just say, no, it's simple. Oh, we want to go do this. We want to go here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's a Sunday. I have to be in church. I can't come. Monday, we continue the friendship. No hard feelings. I could have easily allowed these boys just, you know, I just follow them around and just keep, you know, dancing to their requests and their tunes and everything. Who knows? But today, two of them, one of them was, was not a Christian. He gave his life to Christ. And the other one also gave his life to Christ. He's serving fervently in his church. And these were, were boys then that I used to say, Look, boys, come with me, come with me. They'll say, oh, no, 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 we need to go have fun. We need to go do this. And I'll say, well, okay, you guys go. I ain't going. But at the end of the day, who did they follow? They followed me. So brethren, remain true to who you are and never lose your identity for the sake of friendship. Thank you very much. Put your hands together for Pastor Eddie.